Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast. <laughs> An in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, your host. I'm excited to welcome back our guest from Star Wars Explained. How are you doing tonight, Molly? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to get into this episode because I think that the Ahsoka and Padme dynamic is pretty special, and I think it really influences her a lot. Um, we're continuing, of course, the Ahsoka arc in The Clone Wars, and each episode is uh, basically in chronological order and focusing on her mentors, her friendships, and her leadership. Before we get into the fourth batch of episodes, I kind of want to do a recap of something that we didn't really talk about in depth from season one, and that was the Blue Shadow Virus arc, um, where Padme and Ahsoka get trapped into a secret lab Dr. Evazon is trying to create the Blue Shadow Virus, and the Blue Shadow Virus gets out. They get Padme and Ahsoka out, and as Padme's on a stretcher being cared for because she's been infected, she stops and tells Anakin, by the way, your Padawan was brilliant. That statement just really caught me off guard because I wasn't really sure what Padme was so impressed by. So that's the poll we have for today, is what is Padme so impressed by in those episodes? Was it containing the blue shadow virus uh, so that the rest of Naboo isn't infected? Destroying all the droids that were in the lab? Or her faith in Anakin of finding a solution? And then the last <laughs> response is all of the above. If you had to make your best guess, which of those do you think she was most impressed by? I mean, I'd have to go with all of the above, really. Yeah. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah not, I wouldn't narrow it down to one of the three. But yeah, I think she was probably impressed with her just in general. Yeah, like, I think that near-death situation where they're definitely at risk kind of left an impression on Padme of what the value Ahsoka had and what the potential she had as a mm -hmm. Jedi. So I think that that plays a role in their relationship later on. So that's just why I wanted to cover that. Yeah. Do you have any, in general, feelings for Ahsoka um, in watching the Clone Wars and Rebels? I love her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's she's great, and I like... I love her dynamic with Anakin throughout the Clone Wars, like their whole like back and forth. They're constantly kind of keeping each other in check. Yeah, her story arc is amazing, and I hope that we get to see more of her soon. Yeah, me too. I really am excited for the new seventh season of the Clone Wars that's coming to Disney+. Plus. Yes. <laughs> I, I really need that uh, Siege of Mandalore arc, but we'll yeah. get that soon enough. So the episodes we're going to focus on tonight come from Season 3, 
it's the academy where Ahsoka goes to Mandalore to teach some students. Assassin, where Ahsoka joins Padme on a diplomatic mission because she has a vision of Padme being assassinated. And then heroes on both sides when Padme and Ahsoka travel to one of Padme's political friends to see things from a different point of view. The first episode is the Academy. Ahsoka is the Jedi chosen uh, to work undercover in the Mandalore Academy to unveil the corruption in the Mandalorian government. In the previous episode, Padme also was involved. She had a special episode with Duchess Satine trying to figure out why there was corruption in the black market of Mandalore. At the end of the episode, she commissions Padme to go to the Jedi to find a solution. Ahsoka is that solution that Yoda sends. Yoda felt like a young Padawan would be able to get through the Mandalorian students. Mm -hmm. Um, And what do you think about Yoda's decision to send a, a Padawan instead of a full Jedi? I mean, I think that was the right call. Uh, I feel like the students would listen to someone more kind of on their level rather than like a full-blown older Jedi Knight. Yeah. Yeah, oftentimes when we're younger, we don't like to listen to a lot of older people because we feel like they're just talking down to us, whereas a peer talks with us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. She gives a really powerful speech in the episode where she t- talks a lot about what corruption is. Corruption is what happens when someone in power puts their own personal gain before the interests of the people they represent. So it's a result of greed? Yes. A leader sacrifices moral integrity for the sake of money or power. Entire star systems have collapsed into chaos, a revolution because their greedy politicians got caught up in a cycle of bribery and blackmail while their people suffered. I think that this is actually a really key principle um, in a galaxy far, far away because George often described greed as a path to the dark side. The core of the force. I mean, you got the dark side, the light side. One is selfless, one is selfish. And you want to keep them in balance. What happens when you go to the dark side is it goes out of balance and then you get really selfish and you forget about everybody and you ultimately lead yourself because when you get selfish, you get stuff or you want stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you want stuff and you get stuff, then you get are afraid somebody's going to take it away from you, whether it's a person or a thing or mm-hmm. a, a particular pleasure, experience. Mm-hmm. Once you become afraid that somebody's going to take it away from you or you're going to lose it, then you start to become angry, especially if you're losing it. And that anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Mostly on the part of the person who's selfish, because you spend all your time being afraid of losing everything you've got instead of actually living. Where joy, by giving to other people, you can't think about yourself and therefore there's no pain. But the pleasure factor of greed and of selfishness Mm -hmm. is a short-lived experience. 
therefore you're constantly trying to replenish it. But of course, the more you replenish it, the harder it is to, so you have to keep upping the ante. You're actually afraid of the pain of not having uh-huh. the joy. So that is ultimately the core of the whole dark side, light side of the force. Um, and everything flows from that. So those are pretty powerful clips from George Lucas, basically given a a class on the dark side of the force and how greed plays into that. I think that that's a principle that is going to be returning later on in Ahsoka's arc. So I just wanted to highlight some of the things that George had established with the Clone Wars writing room. I would like to thank Blast Points podcast for putting those two clips out to me. Um, I appreciate that. So kudos to Blast Points podcast. I feel like most of us feel like we never have enough stuff. Like, like for me personally, there's always more things that I want. A new car, a finished basement, or an in-ground swimming pool. Or sometimes it's like I want to go on the new family trip or go see the Galaxy's Edge this summer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um. And oftentimes I feel like we're not always in control of our circumstances of our lives. Like our lives happen to us as opposed to us determining what happens in our lives, which is mm-hmm. kind of hard. Have you had similar experiences with that? Um. Yeah. First of all, I want to say that this episode was super relevant to kind of like today's um political scene i feel like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so that was really interesting uh, um to kind of compare it to real life stuff going on but um yeah i mean i try to be content for the most part um I recently started journaling, which mm-hmm. is like one of my, I guess, um, New Year's resolutions. And um, I try to write down things that I'm grateful for um, just to keep things in perspective uh, so that I don't get too caught up in thinking about all those things that I might want. That That's a great suggestion. I, I think that an attitude of gratitude is a very powerful thing because it kind of keeps us humble in mm-hmm. some ways. The contentment I think is so key in life. I really think that that's sort of what Paul meant when he talked about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in Philippians. Yeah. That's a really good thing. And it's pretty powerful to, be content with what you have and to appreciate what you have as opposed to thinking about all the things of what you don't have. Cause I think also the mindset that you go into that can shape your attitude. So if you spend all the time focusing on what you don't have, you'll become a little bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like unproductive thinking if you're constantly, you know, wishing you had more money or things like that. I mean, it's good to have goals mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, you know, the the gratitude journal for me is nice because some days it's like, wow, I'm really grateful to have 
a roof over my head. And some days it's like, wow, I'm really grateful that I have a coffee maker. <laughs> <laughs> like you can be big or small and, yeah. you know, like just keeping track of those kinds of things on a daily basis has really helped me, like you said, stay humble and, and, um, count my blessings. Yeah. Do you think that greed can be used in a positive way? I guess I'm, I'm, I would think of Qui-Gon's line in Phantom Menace when he says greed can be a powerful ally. Um, in that case, he's kind of referring to Watto and his greed and how he's going to kind of use that to his advantage to free Anakin. I hadn't thought of that before, but I think it might also pertain to Snoke with General Huck. Tied on a string indeed, General Hux. Well done. The resistance will soon be in our grasp. Thank you, Supreme Leader. <laughs> you wonder why I keep a rabbit cur in such a place of power? A cur's weakness, properly manipulated, can be a sharp He's using Hux's greed as uh, motivation to get him to do what he wants him to do kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Another student asks, Does that mean most government officials are corrupt? Well, no. But the point is that temptation is always there, and citizens must be vigilant so corruption can't take root. The deadliest enemies of a society dwell within its borders. And from these internal threats, the people need to be protected. But if you don't trust your leaders, isn't that treason? It's every citizen's duty to challenge their leaders, to keep them honest, and hold them accountable if they're not. How do you do that? By exposing corrupt officials for what they are. Lasting change can only come from within. It's kind of interesting because one of the boys in the classroom... I think his name is Cadet Amos, was voiced by Abtahi Omid recently. Mm -hmm. And he's recently cast in The Mandalorian, the new live-action show that's coming to Disney Plus um, in 2019. Yeah. I think it would be really cool if Abtahi reprised his role as Amos as one of two sidekicks to Pedro Pascal in The Mandalorian. Do you think that that's a possibility? I think that that's a great catch, first of all. <laughs> um, I didn't even put that together. And uh, yeah, that would be really cool to see him again. Um, the I'm looking at the up the actor now. He's, he still looks fairly young. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not really sure how old he would be in that timeline. But I mean, with makeup and special effects and whatnot, they could definitely make it happen mm -hmm. if they wanted to. Um, but yeah, it's definitely possible and it would be really cool. I think it would be an interesting connection, especially since he was taught by Ahsoka, like seeing her fingerprint on him, like when he is older mm -hmm. and he's had a lot more life in the empire dealing with corruption and 
um, the oppression of the empire. I think that that would be pretty cool. Yeah. How do you think Ahsoka's speech on corruption would have shaped students like Amos? Hopefully that they would go on to live more noble lives. Um, After hearing everything Ahsoka had to say about greed and temptation and everything, especially that group of cadets in that episode that end up going and finding out about the corruption the hard way. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I think I would hope growing up that those cadets, especially Amos would see how easy it is to give into temptation and to get given to the idea of greed and power. So if he were to have a role in the TV series, I would like to see him be kind of like a voice of reason in a way. Mm-hmm. And like maybe, I don't know what Pedro Pascal's character is going to be like, but he could be maybe kind of more of like the good guy and like, hey, maybe you should think before you act because that's another thing that Ahsoka kind of teaches them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think that they would be a little cynical of government and government officials? Probably. <laughs> Especially, like, going through everything that, you know, they go through in the Clone Wars and then having to deal with the Empire. It's just like history repeats itself. And, it, yeah, I could see them just being, like, just over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I think that... that... And just, like, wanting to get out of that scene. <laughs> it's just interesting that people that are put in power often make selfish decisions yeah at the end of the episode um duchess the teen admits to ahsoka you must know by now that i didn't bring you here just to teach i knew something was amiss but i had no one to trust i thought if i brought a jedi especially a friend of senator amidala's we could solve this mystery together i never doubted you duchess and then later, Anakin asks uh, Soko, I hope this assignment wasn't too boring for you. Eh, it had its moments. Huh. Like the one where you convinced untrained children to help you overthrow a corrupt government? That was a highlight. It sounds pretty risky. You're lucky you didn't get hurt. Nothing you wouldn't have done. Putting it in that light, it just really shows how much, like, guts Ahsoka has to mm-hmm. really to overthrow a corrupt government is is it's like it's almost like a coup you know yeah yeah she it, she does not mess around like she gets in there and you know finds out that there is corruption and you know she wants to do something about it and I like it when the cadets bring up the prime minister and she's like well let's go talk to him <laughs> like, let's take some action. <laughs> yeah, definitely. She's not afraid. It, it, once again, like, she's just so brave that she's willing to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love her boldness. Did you find anything else in this episode that you wanted to talk about? I did find it interesting when she tries to use 
the Jedi mind trick on the Mandalorian police and they kind of like pretend or go, go along with it. But mm-hmm. then later in the episode, you find out that they've actually been trained to resist Jedi mind tricks. Um, and it's an interesting little detail that kind of goes back to the Mandalorian war between the Jedi. And it makes sense that they would be trained against, you know, yeah. Jedi Jedi stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Easter egg. Yeah. In the next episode of Assassin, Ahsoka seeks the guidance care of the old folks home, as I like to put it, um, which is an <laughs> Attack of the Clones quote, which I totally missed for a long time. Oh, yeah. I know <laughs> I know that quote by heart just because we've, we've had it in our, like, trivia studies every time we've had to do any of the... the movie trivia showdowns <laughs> when Obi-Wan is like man this scene brought back so many memories of Revenge of the Sith with Anakin enter have a seat young Padawan Troubled you are, Padawan. Yes, Master Yoda. I've been having... dreams. Hmm. Dreams, you say? Yes, dreams. Uh, Or visions. I don't know. But they're so real. Premonitions. Telling you something, they are. I know I reported otherwise. But I believe that Aura Singh isn't dead. She's still alive. And she's preparing to kill someone close to me. So, you begin to see the true power of the Force. Visions they are. Underestimate them. You must not. Meditate. To see clearly, more experience you need. How would you compare Ahsoka's experience talking to Yoda to Anakin's experience with Yoda in Revenge of the Sith? Um, it's really similar. Um, I just... You know, the idea of just because you're seeing something happen in your visions doesn't necessarily mean it will happen. Yeah. Um, But Anakin is kind of a special case uh, because of his abandonment issues and his issues with loss, the loss of his mother and the loss of Ahsoka um, as his Padawan. I feel like he just acts without thinking about it, you know, more clearly. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ahsoka continuously meditates more and tries to get like a more clear vision so that she can do the right thing. As someone that really loves Yoda a lot, it kind of breaks my heart a little because I think he gave better advice to Ahsoka than he did to Anakin. Yeah. Because he left out the part of always in motion is the future and that many possible futures there are. I am sure now that it is Senator Amidala who is in danger. Senator Amidala, you say? Yes, Master. I've seen it in my visions. Choose, you must, how to respond to your visions. But remember, always in motion is the future. And many possible futures there are. 
Yes, Master. If he would have, I guess, reinforced that truth to Anakin, Anakin may have had more hope that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because, like, I, I guess even Yoda at that time may have been, like, his judgment may have been clouded because when Anakin goes to him and uh, talks to him about his visions about Padme, um, he he go, goes straight into talking about death and how it's like a natural part of life and tells him to, you know, let go of what you fear to lose. And that's like the worst thing you could have said to Anakin at that time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he kind of treats Anakin the same way that he might treat uh, someone who's been training from, you know, the proper age mm-hmm. of a Padawan and he doesn't necessarily take into consideration Anakin's uh, circumstances and his past. Yeah. I don't think Yoda felt Anakin's fear in that situation. And that's really sad because if you're someone sharing a vision of uh, someone you're close to dying, I think having a fear of that coming to pass... It, is very reasonable and dealing with that fear in a healthy way um, would have been better than the advice he gave Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. So it's, it's just very rough. Yeah. Ahsoka goes to Padme and tells her that she's in danger and Padme invites her on her mission with her to be an escort to provide some extra security. While they're in transport, Ahsoka and Padme have like a really personal, um, like vulnerable conversation together one-on-one. And Mm -hmm. Ahsoka confesses that... I've been mostly unsure about my abilities on my own. Usually Master Skywalker is there to guide me. When I was queen, I felt the same insecurities as you do now. I had my advisors, but it was ultimately up to me to run the entire Naboo system... And I was very afraid at times. Really? You felt unsure? (laughs) Oh, yes. But I have learned to trust in myself, and you will too. Thank you. Padme takes the risk of vulnerability sharing her own insecurities as an encouragement to Ahsoka. It felt to me that Ahsoka had had put Padme on a little bit of a pedestal, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you when someone you look up to has the same experiences as you do? I really loved that scene because it's just the two of them and they're, you know, just sitting there playing hollow chess. And it was a really nice, intimate scene between the two of them. But for me personally, it's reassuring and, you know, it makes you feel validated. It makes you feel like you're thoughts are validated to Mm -hmm. know that oh this person that I look up to that I see make all these brave decisions went through the same thing that I'm going through now it kind of gives you hope that you're on the right path and that it's it's normal to second guess yourself and you know Padme like you said says in time 
Ahsoka will learn to trust herself. What do you think that means to trust in yourself? Just to, I don't know, go with your gut instinct, I guess. And, you know, like over time, you just learn from different experiences what works and what doesn't work and, you know, what kind of thinking patterns you may have. Yeah, I think I think Padme just sees a lot of herself in Ahsoka. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 Have you ever seen a movie called Braveheart? Yes. Okay, so it's like, been a while, but I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Early on in the movie, there's a part where William has the last interaction with his father. Your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. I think that that's sort of what Padme means to trust in yourself is like there's a part of you that's deep down in your emotions and in your gut that like just tells you really of who you are and what you know mm-hmm. and having the courage to follow that heart is trusting in yourself. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, definitely. Now I want to watch Braveheart. <laughs> it's a great movie. I, I really love it. Um, I, I And I really love that line because it, like a father telling their child to follow their heart is, is very important to me. So yeah, it's something I do. Later on, Ahsoka has another dream of Ara Singh attacking Padme. It's very mm-hmm. similar, again, to the Attack of the Clones uh, action when Padme's asleep and Anakin jumps on his bed. her bed. <laughs> um, what is it with Jedi jumping on Padme's bed while she's sleeping? <laughs> I, I mean, Padme just cannot get a good night's sleep. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> These episodes have so many like direct callbacks to other things. It's weird. They re- yeah, they really do. Since we've been doing the rewatch, it's like every episode I start to notice little things like that. <laughs> Later on, do you think Padme looks like Mon Mothma in Alderanian garb? I do, yeah. That was one of the first things I thought or that popped into my head when Ahsoka is having these visions because you don't really see a clear face. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first I was like, oh, maybe this vision isn't about Padme at all. And it's actually about Mon Mothma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, they definitely looked similar. When they finally do catch Aura Singh, Aura gets off a shot and shoots, I think it was Ahsoka in the arm. And they say that... it's a flesh wound that she'll survive. <laughs> and being the Monty Python fan that I am, I just was reminded of the 
Black Knight, and he's like, "Tis a flesh wound. I'll have your leg." Yeah. <laughs> no, you won't. Yeah, yeah. They actually, it's it's Padme that gets gets shot. Oh, okay. <laughs> but okay. yeah, that I got that same idea. Tis a flesh wound. Nice. <laughs> on the last episode, heroes on both sides. This is the episode where we get the the six month time jump in the Clone Wars. What did you think of Ahsoka's new design, like her new outfit and her aging? Uh, I really liked it. I was never a big fan of her first look. I don't know. It just made her look... I don't, I don't know. Like, something about the tube top. And like, I don't know. I never really thought it was something that a Padawan would wear, in my opinion. But sure. Um, yeah, it definitely, and I thought it made her look more sophisticated and like, okay, she's growing. She's, she has more clothes on. That's good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I too like the second design a lot better than Mm -hmm. the tube top. Um, it wasn't my favorite thing at all. Uh, (laughs) So... I think that it's interesting that there are six months that we haven't gotten any stories from um, in the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to think that there was a six month lull there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's just fertile ground for more storytelling. Mm. It looks like Padme's trying to find a peaceful solution out of the Clone War. Don't involve me in this. A peaceful solution is the only way out of this morass of war. That's not my role, Padme. Why not? Why isn't it your role? Aren't we Jedi Knights? Isn't it our duty to speak our minds to advise the Chancellor? Uh, I suggest you teach my young Padawan a thing or two about politics. After today's debate, I was hoping she learned a great deal. Truthfully? I don't understand any of it. I know the Separatists are evil, but all anyone argued about was banking deregulation, interest rates, and, well... Almost nothing about why we're fighting in the first place. War's complicated, Ahsoka, but let me simplify it. The Separatists believe the Republic is corrupt, but they're wrong, and we have to restore order. Maybe talking to the Jedi Council isn't the role for you after all. Thanks for your help. Come on, Ahsoka. Hey. You told me to teach her about politics, so I'm going to. So Padme decides to take Ahsoka on a mission to see her political friend that is actually a separatist to teach her a thing or two about politics. I think it's funny, the little interaction between Padme and Anakin when she kind of brushes him off and she's like, I'll take it from here. Like It's almost like she's stealing his Padawan away because she thinks she can teach her something that he can't uh which is funny but i i think padme knows that it's important to show ahsoka kind of the other side of things and you know padme and mina bonteri go way back um and they've been friends for a long time even though she is a separatist she wants Ahsoka to see the other side of things because Ahsoka says, you know, she's 
never really interacted with any separatists other than Grievous and Asajj, which are terrible uh, role models. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I get the impression that Ahsoka had a, a political paradigm that everything is either black or white, where mm-hmm. it's right or wrong. You're either p- part of the Republic or you're separatists, and the separatists are in the wrong. Um, I think that she had a lot of expect. Her mind was made up before she ever really knew people. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like the saying of, I wish you could live a day in my shoes. You know, she wanted to show Ahsoka what they were going through as people. You know, they, Mina Bonteri talks about, I think it was her husband that died. Mm -hmm. With all due respect, as a separatist, didn't you create this war? Ahsoka, it's all right. That's a very polarized point of view, my dear. Would it surprise you to know that many of the people you call separatists feel the same way about the Republic and the Jedi? Lux's father was like that. Maybe I could speak with him. If only you could. A year ago next week, he was setting up a base on Arganar when clones attacked. My husband fought bravely in self-defense, but was killed. Excuse me. I think I'll get some air. That's when she starts to realize, okay, these people are just like anyone else. They have family and feelings and, you know, there's there's definitely some gray area. I think that she is taken aback by Mina Bonteri's, uh story of her husband being killed by the the clones um and thinking about how she would react if her loved ones had that experience i think it's interesting that padme actually seeks out people that are different than her especially Mm -hmm. like across political lines do you have any friends that are like very different from you like either politically or religiously um, <laughs> not really in, like, my close group of friends. I I guess there are a couple of my friends that we may disagree on some things politically, um, religiously, maybe. But it's just, it's one of those things that we just don't ever really talk about. Like, I have a lot of really close friends, and... None of us ever really get into those kinds of topics just because we know that they're such hot-button issues Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely don't want to step on any toes or, you know, compromise any friendships over that kind of stuff. It it can be a very landmine situation if you get into the wrong topic with people talking about sensitive issues. And often politics and religion are some of the most volatile, I guess. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think I actually seek out a lot of those relationships with people that are different from me. Like one of my best friends, uh, we've been friends for, I think, 24 years now. 
she is um very different from me like politically uh and like religiously things have changed where like when we first met we kind of met in the same religious circle but mm-hmm. she's like left that uh situation and no longer believes in that but she remains like one of my closest friends and I love talking, I guess, politics with her to see things from a different perspective and to understand things that I wouldn't be able to understand without her insight. She's also gay. It's different, but it's one of the most fruitful relationships I have because I can see things so differently from my own perspective. Yeah. And that kind of helps me grow, if you Mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I actually have a friend that I I guess would be similar to you that you just reminded me of because um, we took a trip down to Disney World once and that's like a seven hour drive and one of the friends that was with us he's kind of that person that is like the nicest guy ever but he loves to talk politics and religion and stuff but he he's so open-minded Mm-hmm. That, you know, it, it never turns into an argument. He's just like a, a sponge. He wants to just know what everyone else thinks and, you know, has to say. And that's great. I think that that can be a very powerful thing when you talk to people that aren't like you or have a different point of view. Because it's hard to be judgmental of someone that you have history with and someone that you know more than just like a label. But if you can just label them as they're just a conservative person or they're just a liberal or he's just a Christian or whatever label you want to say, it's easier to have like biases towards a group of people than it is to have biases to a, a person And I think that that's played out later on in the episode when Ahsoka and Lux have a conversation about Ahsoka's the first Jedi that Lux has ever seen. You're a Jedi, aren't you? Yes. Why do you ask? Before the war, I was always told Jedi were good. And now? I don't know anymore. There are a lot of terrible things happening. A lot of killing. And now my friends are saying the Jedi are to blame. I'm the first Jedi you've ever met, aren't I? Well, um, yes. Look at me. I'm not so bad, am I? No, not bad at all. Ugh. Well, it seems boys are the same whether they're Republic or Separatist. Wait! How many separatists have you met? What? Well, I mean, you think we're all the bad guys. But how many of us have you actually met? And droids don't count. Well, other than military officers like Grievous and Ventress, none, I guess. You and your mother are the first. Well, look at me. Am I so bad? I like the chemistry between the two of them in that episode. It's, it's interesting. From your relationships that were a little bit different, have they ever stretched your perspective or have you influenced their perspective at all? 
from what I can think of, I I guess I may have influenced others more so than others have influenced me, just from what I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know growing up I had a lot of friends that had pretty strict parents mm-hmm. growing up and I my my parents were the complete opposite um and oftentimes I was kind of stuck in a parental role growing up and so for me to see my friends growing up and becoming more adult uh and to still see them like being pressured by their parents I would always talk to them and say you know you you can set boundaries and you know cut that be honest <laughs> yeah cut the- <laughs> exactly be honest set boundaries you know any therapist will tell you boundaries 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 <laughs> yeah especially with family yeah definitely if we only have relationships with people that share the same opinions as we do, what does that set us up for? <laughs> um, immediately what comes to mind is something that is often brought up on in our comment section or, you know, within our YouTube community is, this idea of an echo chamber, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't really know where that term came from or, or who decided that the, it was going to be a thing, but um, I get what it means. I don't think that we have an echo chamber or that we try to, you know, have conversations with only other people that agree with us. We just try not to get involved in things that are you know too dramatic especially if it doesn't concern us and that like things on the internet are completely different than in real life so that makes everything so much more complicated yeah i think a lot of social media helps us to find people that are like us And that can be a very good thing because it can help us feel not alone. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if all we hear is what we agree with, then it's hard to make compromises. Like we get into the situation that we are a little bit politically where it's not a lot of um, working together with people from all points of view uh, to reach resolution. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one thing that Padme really wanted to instill in the Republic is finding a consensus with all people, not just people that you agree with. And she had the courage to reach across lines to have a relationship with a separatist. Saw her as a person, not as much just her political views, but what she valued and what was important to her, uh, specifically her family. And I love the way that they bring up the fact that Padme and 
Mina have totally different views and opinions of Count Dooku. I sense Dooku's dirty hand in all of this. He's just the leader of the Senate. He's not the leader of the entire universe. Oh, I forgot. You actually admire the man. We'll never entirely agree on Dooku, my old friend. But we can agree on the need to stop this war. The question is how? That is why it was so urgent that I speak with you. The Republic Senate is holding a critical vote on whether or not to escalate the war effort. However, many of the delegates are undecided as to what to do. How interesting. You would find the Separatist Parliament in a similar dilemma. I am certain if you could convince your representatives to extend an olive branch of peace towards the Republic, there might be enough sympathy in the Senate to finally open negotiations. I admire your spirit, Padme. I can at least put the motion on the floor. Thank you, Mina. That's all I ask. To peace, then. To hope. But they don't focus on those differences as much. They focus on things that they do have in common that can bring them together. Yeah. One of the things that makes me love Padme so much is that, you know, she does want to keep an open dialogue, but she wants to do it respectfully. And she wants to make sure that, you know, things are productive. If people are just, you know, seeing things as black or white, you're not going to get anything done. You're not, you know, you got to come to a compromise, but do it, doing it respectfully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is the golden rule of treat others the way you want to be treated. And yeah, I think it gets lost so often that if we just treat other people the way that we would want to be treated, that it can go a long way. Oh yeah. It would be amazing if everyone could do that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not so hard to be respectful. It's not so hard to listen. It's yeah, it's 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 weird. I don't understand the way people treat each other often. Yeah. And it, like online especially, you have this kind of anonymous aspect where mm -hmm. it's like you you think you're not face to face with a person, so you can say things that might come off as mean or disrespectful, and you know, it doesn't feel the same as if you were to say those things to someone in person. Yeah, and that's that's how huge arguments get started on social media, and it's it's just it's a disaster. <laughs> It really is like it's it hurts to see way people are treated and rifts in community because bad things happen but and then it's hard to understand what to believe because you have mm -hmm. so many different sources. Yeah. Yeah. How does Ahsoka's relationship with Lux change the way she sees separatists? I mean, I think it makes her realize that, you know, not everything is black or white. And she gets to see and talk to this separatist in real life. Yeah, it definitely shifts her perspective on things in a good way. Yeah, definitely. 
What impact will this trip have on Ahsoka long term? I mean, I think it makes her a better person overall. Um, it it makes her more like Padme. Like she wants to be respectful and honest, and you know, try to consider both sides of arguments mm-hmm. uh, going forward, and you know, everything that happens to her and her entire story arc. You know, that it's kind of sad, you know, when she gets kicked out and it's like she spends so much time trying to be a good person and things just don't always work out. Yeah. I think that these are seeds that can really change the way Ahsoka kind of leads her life, as you said it kind of opens her eyes to a broader perspective by knowing someone from a different point of view. It can really change uh, the way you kind of go through life and the way that you think change what is right and wrong. For me, I think that my relationship with my friend that's gay has really um, changed some of my political views on things like um like gay rights basically Mm -hmm. um and gay marriage or whatever i think that that has really been challenged in that relationship because it's it's not a religious thing that she has from her perspective it's it's more of a civil thing of the right to be married and for taxes and um, medical rights. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot less about the religion thing um, to separate from our conversation. So that's really challenged uh, my my view on those things. And I think that that's a good thing to just really talk to figure out. Um, I'm not saying what is necessarily right for everyone, but it's just really challenged me in that way yeah and then that's great and yeah i mean people should be allowed to love who they love and the idea that um politics and these politicians are trying to control you know the the right of who can marry who is just ridiculous to me And um, I'm glad that we're kind of moving towards change, but sometimes it also feels like we're moving backwards. And it's it's kind of an uneasy time right now, but, you know, we've we've definitely come a long way. And that's great that uh, you and your friend were able to um, come to that agreement and figure things out. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it's it just, she's really helped me grow in many ways. Um, and I think that I challenge her to think about things differently. A lot of times she's had negative impressions of what a quote-unquote Christian is like um, because she's had a lot of negative experiences with many Christians. Um, sure, yeah. Like the stereotype that 
most Christians are judgmental and not accepting. I like to kind of break that mold a lot uh, because I don't think that that's the way that Christ would act. So Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any, like, summary of these episodes that you wanted to talk about? Not especially. Like I said, we're still going through our rewatch, and Mm -hmm. we're still in season one, but it was really refreshing to jump to season three and watch these episodes, especially seeing stuff with Padme, because we got an advanced copy of Queen's Shadow, which is coming out in March, and it's all about... Padme after the Phantom Menace and actually Mina is in the book. Oh really? Yeah, Mina Bonteri is in it and I'm so excited for people to read this book and if people are fans of Padme, they are going to love it. <laughs> that sounds super promising. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Molly, I would like to thank you a lot for being on with me again. Where can people find you online? Well, thanks for having me. This was this was a great talk. I am on Twitter at Molly Damon, or I also, between me and Alex, we both kind of run the Star Wars Explain Twitter, and it's just at Star Wars Explain with no ED. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube at Star Wars Explained with the ED. <laughs> And then I have a channel that I'm working on. It's still very early stages, and it's more kind of my own thing. It's like more beauty, lifestyle, fashion kind of related, like just a passion project of mine that I've really wanted to do for a while. So uh, that's something that people can check out if they want to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure Star Wars will be brought up many times, even in those kinds of videos, because that's basically my life. (laughs) Yeah. And that's YouTube at Molly Damon? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Your Halloween skull uh, makeup job was so amazing it was not even funny that was like black light paint wasn't it yeah it was it was inspired by another person's um halloween tutorial that i had seen a couple years ago and at first i was like there's no way i could do that but you know i just sat down it did take a long time because i had to put down the paint first and then set it with uv light Mm -hmm. powder so it was a very long process, but yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. And the more I do stuff like that, the more I'm like, I need to make videos and, you know, do this as like a side project because it's fun and people are always telling me that I should do it. So <laughs> that, vi- that video and the, the, the pictures I've seen were so, so cool. It was great. I really like that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, now it's time to hear from you. Email us your thoughts on Ahsoka's journey in these episodes at moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast at moonjockeyspod. You can follow me at Balls and Play. Thank you for listening, and until next time, may the Force be with you. Always.
push the button, Chewie.